What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And on today's episode, it's Saturday, so it's the mailbag episode. We'll get into your questions and topics that you guys sent in. Some of those are going to be about Daylon Terry and Marco's development. Will P. Will win most improved player of the year? Uh, the point of attack, rim protection of the Chicago Bulls team and what that projects to be. And are there some... Is there a little Scotty Pippen in Dalen Terry? We'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, thanks for joining. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me on our Saturday episodes. We built those completely around your voicemails and texts. We got a number of voicemails in today, but before we get into those, I do want to talk about uh, Alex Caruso. He was asked, what do the Bulls need to do to, to get to the next level? And his comments was all about health. Get healthy, stay healthy, all about health. This team really does believe in themselves. And like I said before, one of the things with this front office betting on continuity, as many as you Bulls fans in the comments are going to say, every team in the East got better. The Bulls did this. Yes, teams in the East did improve. All jokes aside, the teams in the East did very much improve. And the Chicago Bulls did not make the kind of swing out the park um, moves that ball out the park. Is that the better? Is that the actual phrase is ball out of the park? Nonetheless, uh, moves that a lot of Bulls fans were hoping that the Bulls were going to make in this offseason. Now, some of the voicemails get into that, so I'm not going to get heavily into the Bulls cap situation, cap flexibility, things like that. But keep in mind, this team, 35 games from the starting point guard, 15 games from the starting power forward, development years that can come from Io DeSumo, Patrick Williams, which we do have voicemails on that as well, um, bringing in Dalen Terry, bringing in uh, Andre Drummond. Like, so, yeah, this team didn't really get a chance to see what this team looks like fully. Zach Levine injured for most of the season. So I can understand, and I, I do think that this team is that confidence in what they are going to be able to do if fully healthy. It resonates a little bit. Now, they have to prove it on the court, right? They have to actually stay healthy, and then when they are healthy, they have to prove that they're ready to compete and get to that next level because you can talk about it all day, but you got to live it, and we'll see if they end up doing that. So I thought those comments from Alice Caruso were telling. It really just keeps in mind, like, AK told us what this offseason was going to be. Me, other Bulls fans, other content creators, we just didn't listen, right? We saw opportunity for the Bulls to go after certain things, and by what they said, it was always going to be a continuity bet. And when you bet on continuity, if that was what they were doing and that is what they did, then you only have a mid-level exception. So, well, you know, and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get into some of the voicemails. Now, the next one up, this is just something that I want to mention. In a time in which we're talking about so many star players and superstar players asking for trades, wanting to uh, be moved, like we, we in an offseason of that, had a player that wanted to be in Chicago and wants to stay here, right? That talks about what the city meant to them, didn't take meetings with other teams, all those type of things. And I think that sometimes that can go unnoticed. And I know a lot of people have their doubts about what Zach Levine is going to be like as a max player, how this Bulls team is going to build around Zach Levine. But one of the things that I think is a common misconception, right, from a lot of Bulls fans that thought once Zach Levine got his money that the Bulls were going to be unable to do any moves. Like I said before, the Bulls can have $20 million in cap space next season by moving on from Kobe, moving on from Vooch, and then another $10 million exception. So, and then, if, like I said before, if they kick the can down the road, then next year when DeMar's contract comes off, if they just sign like one-year deals, yeah, the salary of other players, um, you know, increases. You got to uh, extend I.O., but they can have e still cap space 
in that. They can have cap space in the next two offseasons. So, the, yes, that signing Zach Levine to a max level deal did not cash strap the Bulls as much as some Bulls fans thought that it was going to. And I understand that the cap is a hard and difficult thing to understand, but we'll see what that Bulls front office ends up doing with that. But as I've said before, they only have so long of betting on continuity. They only have so long on not making uh, the, the type of deal to really kind of reconfigure this team if the success is not coming. But let's see what success does or does not come in the meantime, and then we'll use that to judge what this front office is or is not doing. But that's enough for me for today. We're going to go ahead. We're going to jump into the voicemails. The first one up is from good old Jamal. Let's get into that one now. What's up, hey? This is your boy Jamal back again with another voicemail for you. Sorry about that coughing. Um, just calling you in the, uh, just to discuss a couple of things. Um, I did watch Summer League and everything. Damon Terry does look nice, but of course, as you stated, it is summer league. It's going to be interesting to see how the Bulls use him. I think I like seeing him a lot better off ball than I did on ball. I think he has a lot to grow. But off ball, he looks like he can be very fantastic. It's just somebody who knows how to put himself in the right spot to get open, maybe do a lot more cutting and things like that. Um, I expect Marco to get some huge minutes. But I, like I said, I think he's going to have to be used properly again. Um, pick and roll guy, maybe a little bit of a pick and pop. Um, I don't really need to see Marcus shooting threes now because it doesn't look like he has a three ball shot down, but we'll see. Um, what I did want to, sit to ask you, though, is that there's a YouTuber by the name of Bulls Nation Station, um, and I think he does some pretty solid work. He had a couple of videos up of Kobe White and Patrick Williams working out in the offseason with DeMar DeRozan's trainer, specifically from what has been told, working on the ball handling. How do you think that those two players are going to incorporate, you know, improved ball handling into their games. And what jumps do you think that they're going to, uh, do you think they might be able to take? Um, of course, particularly Patrick Williams. I think this year as a season that he has to take that big leap. Um, I'm not saying he has to go and average 27 a game, but, you know, I need to see a lot more than just nine points. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, but, as always, the C Red Nation. Um, let me know what you think and uh peace. All right. Shout out to Jamal on that one. And you know, it, Jamal talking about Dalen Terry's development, right? We've seen him progress just in the games in Summer League. And that that bodes well for his ability to learn, uh, what he's trying to do, uh, how he's looking at the game, right? And as I said in my video yesterday, we do need to still have some patience with Dalen Terry. Yes, he's had success in Summer League, but success in Summer League. It's not, it's not always going to translate. It's probably almost never going to translate to the exact type of success that comes at the NBA level. It's probably going to take some time for Dalen Terry. But the thing is, a gym rat, a player that loves to learn, a player that's competitive, he has all the makings of a player that's going to maximize on his own potential. Now, what that potential ends up being, that story remains to be written. But you do trust his ability that he's going to be able to maximize on his potential. Now, next thing up, Marco getting huge minutes next season. That's what Jamal said. Do I think that Marco's going to get huge minutes? I think if Marco's getting huge minutes next season, I'm just using that 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 word because that's what Jamal, how Jamal phrased it, and I want to comment on what on what where he's going with this. That would mean that Marco was playing great, right? That means that he would earn that. I don't think he's going to come in. He's they're not going to gift him a huge ton of minutes early. They're they're going to give him some time for him to work it out and see. Um, and you know, will he be used correctly? Is the question like. How does what is the best way to use Marco Samanovic, right? We know he's not the be the best defender. Let's be clear here. That is something. But offensively, he has a rounded skill set. Now, one thing that Jamal pointed out as well is that three ball isn't falling for him. 
I just I think that Marco's just a player that needs to to work rhythm in the three point. When you look at early in the G League last season, he was his three point ball was not shooting. By the end, wasn't shooting, wasn't falling. By the end of that G League season, he was absolutely hitting that three at a good clip and taking a, a nice amount of them. So you know, working himself in the rhythm is one thing. I I know last season we said it's kind of the same thing about Vooch. Like we know Vooch was typically a better three point shooter, but I think if Marco can use and let that three-point shot come to him it can be a weapon but what Marco does in the mid-range what he does down low what he does in the pick and roll what he does you know with his point guards and at what type of chemistry he works and develops there with the point guards that are going to be around him are going to be key to for him to finding offensive success at the next level now that defensive success he's going to have to work he's going to have to come the coaches are going to have to get on him and we'll see you got another voicemail on that let's talk about a little bit later um now Another thing Jamal mentions is Bulls Nation Station, which is a great channel, by the way. They deserve more views than what they get. Shout out to Bulls Nation Station on there. You guys know content creators that I actually rock what I do like to give their flowers when they get mentioned on the show or if something comes up. But their video of P-Will and Kobe working on their ball handling. Listen, P Kobe, absolutely. Like Anything that can make Kobe be a little bit quicker with his ball handling, using that better scoring ability rather than just being a shooter because he's going to be on this team. Like, Kobe White's going to be on this team to start, and he's going to be getting minutes, I think, early in the season because even with the type of shooter that Goran Dragic is, he's not at all has the scoring capability of a Kobe White, and the Bulls absolutely need scoring off that bench. Now, with that being said, Patrick Williams working on ball handling. The thing about Patrick Williams is when we see Patrick Williams working on anything, it's time to get excited, right? In a sense, because, listen, everything that Patrick Williams can add to his game, he is so raw, so still young, that everything that he can add to his game is going to continue. It's like the building blocks, right? And and Co uh, Coach Popovich said this when it was to Kawhi, and I'm not using the Kawhi comparisons. I'm just using how a, a coach that is great at developing is used. It's like, it's like Legos, right? You, you constantly build on a player's game. You add something every season. Now, Patrick Williams, because of a missed season, seems like he's trying to add a lot in this offseason, but Patrick Williams' development is going to be key to what the Bulls do, and that's it. And that brings us to the next voicemail. Now, this one is Shea. It's also about Patrick Williams. Go ahead and get to that one now. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Shay. You know, I was on the Cognac Boys podcast uh, earlier this week, and I went out on the limb. I'm going to go out on the limb again and tell you about it. I'm predicting that Patrick Williams will win most improved player. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, that's going to be something hard for him to do, especially with Levine and DeMar DeRozan, but I'm thinking that he could do it. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. All right. Shay coming with the uh, prediction that Patrick Williams will win most improved player of the year. Here's what I'll say with that. Is there a chance of that? Absolutely. Patrick Williams has eyes on him. When you talk about a player that, you know, the Bulls have have avoided trading, uh, it, according to rumors, right? We don't know how, how realistic some of those trade talks that were proposed actually were. But yes, Patrick Williams is at a place right now. Where, in my opinion, he can win most improved player there. If you look at the leap that Patrick Williams could possibly make now, this would have to come by a bevy of things, right? He would have to work on his game. He would have to become more aggressive. The coaching staff would have to go to him a little bit more, design plays specifically for him, things like that. But if Patrick Williams makes that leap from where he is now to being a player that can get into the 15 points per game, eight rebounds per game, five, four or five assists per game, you're absolutely looking at a player that can win that most improved player of the year award. Now, like I said, a lot of that comes by him and finding himself, himself getting more aggressive, being more confident in the way that he moves and operates out there on it. As Patrick Williams' confidence builds, and we start seeing a little bit, every time Patrick Williams flashes that potential that A.K. and Eversley uh, seeing him, 
every time he has a game where he shows that, right, where he's doing the ball handling, where he's running the offense through him, where he's taking shots confidently, where he's taking it to the hole, using his dribble, things like that, you start, you, you, you remember, hey, this is why they, they saw something in this guy and decided to draft him number four. Now, a lot of Bulls fans are tired of waiting on Patrick Williams' potential, and I would say that if he comes back and is able to bounce back, and well, I don't want to call it a bounce back here because it was mainly due to injury, but if he's able to win that most improved player of the year, don't be surprised if the national conversation and the conversation around Bulls Nation changes around Patrick Williams. But do I think that there's a chance that that may happen? Absolutely. I do think that there's a possibility in a world in which that will happen. But it's up to Patrick Williams. It's up to those other things that we talked about for that to be a reality for him and for this team. But it would be a huge thing. And if he does end up winning it, we got to give Shea his flowers. Let's go ahead and get into the next one. This one is from Marvin, who I call Marvin the Motivator, but he leaves this. What's going on, guys? I uh, wanted to address a couple of issues that's been kind of lingering around the NBA and around Bulls fans. And the first one is about Lonzo Ball. Uh, first, I wanted to say, guys, let's hold our thoughts on exactly about his health. Now, I can say this. I know we all want him back healthy. But you got to realize the Bulls organization is kind of tight-lipped, and they really don't give much information about their players. And I, I just want to say I think, in my sentiments, I believe that he should be okay. And if he doesn't, we, we just have to deal with it. But let's not just get blown away by every time one if a comment comes out from Eversley or either AK that he's not going to be ready. So, second, I wanted to address the issue about Gordon Drogic. Guys, I never believed that he's in there to replace Lonzo Ball, and I don't think it's true. I think the Bulls are trying to build an organization with depth. If you think about it, Booch played the most minutes of his career last year. DeMar ended up tired at the end of the year, and Zach ended up getting hurt. The additions of Goran Dragic, Dalen Terry, and so on and so forth on the, on the team gives us depth, which means less minutes for the guys. I think orientating these guys along into this team will help, and it will cut down on some of those minutes. Also, I want you guys to realize one thing about the Bulls organization as far as the last thing I did want to address was this, was rim protection. And I believe Hayes and uh, Pat have said it plenty of times. Rim protection is more than one thing. is just blocking shots. Listen, it starts at the point of attack. If that guard can get over the screen, then the guy can't get to the, to the rim. That's rim protection. In drumming, he's a big body. He can also be a rim protector without even jumping. Usually guys see him and just stop and take a shot. So that's called rim protection, too. So additions like that mean a lot to the team. Also, when you think about them not signing players like Mobama and whatnot, the Bulls are more or less, to me, in a wait-and-see situation. In other words, let's play this. You stay up under the hard. You don't, you're not have hard cap, and you're not over the luxury. So you get a chance to play the first half, get to the trade deadline, see what your true needs are, and then address them then. If, it has, if you have to cut Tony Bradley or whatever, you know, just bring in an addition. So I think the Bulls did a great job in managing the team. And if we all can remember, when the Bulls were healthy, they were a top-five team in categories of offense and defense. And that, to me, is the most important thing. This season is predicated on health and being smart as an organization. I know we all feel like the Bulls are a little cheap, but if you think about it, they actually make moves that are smart in progression of the team. If you go ahead and sign Mo early, it's going to uh, You know, what I was saying was that, you know, if the Bulls sign uh, Mo Bomber, it might, it's going to hard cap us. It's going to limit us on doing things at the trade deadline. And who's to say that Marco is not the 
he's not a rim protector, rim protector, but he is a big body. So I just wanted to say, hey man, let's keep our sentiments to a level. Let's be let's be patient. Let's be optimistic, and let's see how the t- uh, team works in the first half. And maybe we can address everything at the trade deadline. Take care, guys. All right. So to address Marvin's first point, there, Lonzo Ball's health. Lonzo's health is a is a big question mark of the Chicago Bulls team. It's one of the biggest question marks of the offseason for the Chicago Bulls because Lonzo coming back makes so many things that this Bulls team did this offseason be a little bit better, right? Because what Lonzo could do in a pick and roll, like I talked about earlier with Marco Samanovic, you saw how dangerous the Lonzo ball and Derrick Jones Jr. pick and roll became when Derrick Jones Jr. was playing backup center. Now imagine that being with Andre Drummond or Marco Samanovic is what like, and I also want to see Lonzo unleashed a little bit more but Lonzo's health the questions around it we do have to be patient the bone bruise literally sometimes can take months of not more to heal now it's all about a, it seems like a pain management type of thing for him we luckily we haven't heard anything about any other surgeries being needed or surgery not being successful so the biggest question is can, is that pain tolerance right hopefully we'll see like if Lonzo misses a big chunk of the season we're going to get to see Io DeSumo's development heavily heavily because I do think he'll step into that starting point guard role so we'll see Lonzo's health is a is a huge question to that now Lonzo, I mean, Marvin also addresses the point of attack rim protection. That's something that I've been saying as well. So many, and it's a lot of casuals, right? But the for often in sports, you look for the one stat that that just is easily to say, hey, this is what you, you give me rim protection, right? And that stat in rim protection is shot blocking. But I've said before very much so, there are two different types of rim protection. Yes, there is shot blocking. There's deterrent, but there's also keeping the other team from even being able to get to the rim, making it so difficult for them to get penetration to the rim and get quality shots at the rim that you can provide rim protection in that manner. Andre Drummond does help with that part a lot and better defense out on the perimeter as well. Io taking a leap defensively. Patrick Williams being better defensively and being available more games than not. Lonzo Ball, if he's back healthy, actually absolutely help get to that point of that point of attack form of rim protection being a better thing for the Chicago Bulls. Now, again, Marvin talks about something not, that I dipped into a little bit that I wanted to wait into this one, and this is the Bulls not hard-capping themselves. Yes, I wanted the Bulls to, to, to sign Mo Bamba. I wanted them to sign Isaiah Hartenstein. I wanted one of those two to be a Chicago Bull, right? And I've talked heavily in a video before about why not hard-capping themselves actually is a better situation for the Chicago Bulls if a, if a trade presents itself at the trade deadline. And not going into the luxury tax this season, um... Why I understand that considering the amount of cap space that they can have next season. And I think, like, the cap is a very difficult thing to understand. And I think, too, some Bulls fans, they don't understand that there's a difference between being over the cap and being into the luxury tax. The Bulls have been operating as an over-the-cap team for a number of years, right? That's not the thing. And I think when we hear the thing of being labeled cheap, it's just that luxury tax thing. And I will say this. I, I do stand on the fact that I think, because of the way that this Bulls team came together, unless they're going to see huge progression from Io DeSumo, Dalen Terry, and um, and uh, Patrick Williams. Yeah, that's the name that I forget. And, and our Marco Samanovic, then you're going to have to go into the luxury tax to truly make this team a championship contender. I've said it before. Usually teams that aren't, that aren't in the luxury tax and become championship contenders is because they've drafted very, very well over, the, over a number of years. This Bulls team has not drafted very well because of the previous regime, and we're still waiting on the question marks of two out of the draft picks that this front office has had, right? Patrick Williams, I do believe that Patrick Williams is going to turn into that player. I would assume it was a revelation last season. Dalen Terry, I'm believing in more and more and more. So we could get to that point. But with that being said, 
We haven't had a history of years of drafting very well, so it's very hard to avoid the luxury tax if you want to take advantage of being able to win soon. So we'll see what happens with that. I do think that this Bulls team can only kick the can down the road and avoid the luxury tax for so long. Now, I do understand not hard-capping themselves this season because, as we've seen, there are so many players that are that ask to be traded, want to be traded, something doesn't work out, a team wants to move on. You never know. You want to be in a situation that if one of those situations presents itself for the Chicago Bulls, that they're able to capitalize on it. And by hard-capping themselves, it would have made it extremely, extremely difficult to do that. But we got to see it. Like I said before, this is not to completely abstain the front office from that, but it is to say, Hey, I can understand why you did that. Now let's see what you do with that added flexibility that you added to your team by avoiding the luxury tax and using that full mid-level exception. Now, let's go into this next voicemail. This one's from Ricky Carroll. What up, hey? This is Ricky Carroll. I kind of talked to you about our summer league a little bit here. Do you honestly God put in your heart? And not saying this kid going to have a chance to be a good ball player, but we need help now. But do you honestly God think that the Bulls made the best choice I think they see Scotty Pittman in this kid, but he just don't have the smoothness that Scotty have, but he have all the other talent that Scotty have. And as far as our big guy, how he's from one of this, he's soft as damn butter. He don't want no part of the contacts. When the game first started, they went to the basket, and he stayed there, and he looked at it. They ain't lying. He been working out with Bukovic. Yep, you can see it. You can see it. But the kid still don't want to mix it up, man. So even with the extra weight that you have on, he still don't want to mix it up. But his offense have really improved. But I just hope they got some coaches in there that will get in his head and tell him that he got to be physical some part of the game. He can't. He got to help out when the guards get beat. He's 6'11", and he's standing right there. He just can't stand there with his hand down, pretending like he's playing defense on his man. If he can just accomplish a better defense at mine, he'll be okay. But um, we don't disagree that much, bro. We just have different opinions about putting things. Peace. All right. Ricky asked a really good question here. Did the Bulls make the best choice in drafting Dalen Terry? And he goes on to make comparisons between Dalen Terry and Scottie Pippen. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Not Scottie, right? I'm not getting into Scottie. We can get into some other comparisons. We actually have a voicemail after this with other Dalen Terry comparisons. I can get into that. I'm not touching the Scotty comparison. Now, do I still think that the Bulls made the best overall decision in drafting Dalen Terry? The, the, the story's still remaining to be written with that one. I can't say that right now. I can, I can only answer that two, three years after the draft happens. Now, what I will say is that my initial complete shock of the Bulls drafting Dalen Terry, then after doing some research on him and now seeing him in Summer League, I am, I, I believe in Dalen Terry a lot. I believe in what he can do because specifically that worth ethic. One thing that I've always said, right? And one thing that I've said with this, Jimmy Butler, if Jimmy Butler did not have the work ethic that he had to continue working on this game, the drive to be the best, Jimmy Butler would have been a great defender in this league who probably would have still been able to stay around for 10 years, but he wouldn't be the star that he turned himself into. The work ethic that he put in is, is what turned him into a player. When you see a player like Ben Simmons who stagnates, right? It's because they don't have the work ethic of a player like Jimmy Butler. Dalen Terry is one of those players that you trust, and I said it early in this show, that you can trust is going to get the most out of his personal potential because guess what? Guess what? He has the work ethic. He has the drive to be the best. Now, will he get that? How close to that will he get? All remains to be seen. You still have to have skill, right? You can have great work ethic and no skill and not get no fucking work, right? You can. Some people in school try as hard as they can, and the most they can get is a D. 
because they just don't have the intelligence to get past that. But with that, <laughs> with that being said, you got to have the skill too. Will the combination of the skills that he does have, the skills that he will to the he will continue to develop while he's in the NBA, paired with his work ethic, how far will that take him in the NBA? That's the story that remains to be written, and that's what we'll see now. Hey, do I think the Bulls made the best choice? I still personally, I, I've I've kind of moved off the EJ Liddell thing specifically, not not because of the ACL. And by the way, you guys who are saying the Bulls uh, dodged the bullet because EJ, EJ ACL, you can't predict. Stop saying that. But with that being said, I still and and where would the where the Bulls realistically let? Because you can't say they could have. A lot of people say, well, the Bulls should have moved up a spot and got Tori, Tar, Tari Eason. You got to have a partner to move up. You don't know if that was even on the table, but. Out of the players that were still on the board and on the table when the Chicago Bulls did draft, I still, on me, I, I think I still would have went Nikola Jovic personally. I think I still would have went Nikola Jovic and bet on his potential and his upside there. But I don't hate the Dalen Terry pick. I don't I don't doubt Dalen Terry's ability to turn himself. Dalen Terry is going to, at least at the bare minimum, I think, is going to be an extremely versatile player coming off the bench for years to come. But again, that work ethic and what skills he's able to develop over the course of his career, he has a, he has a, a very high ceiling and we'll see and see him do that in a Bulls uniform hopefully and we'll see where it ends up getting us. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Shay. Hey, what's up guys? This is Shay. You know, I was on the Cognac Boys podcast uh earlier this week and I went out on the limb. I'm going to go out on the limb again and tell you about it. I'm predicting that Patrick Williams will win most improved player. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, that's going to be something hard for him to do, especially with Levine and DeMar DeRozan, but I'm thinking he could do it. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. All right. Shea, I think Shea has multiple voicemails on every mailback episode, but thank you for Shay to Shea for always supporting the channel. Shea makes the comparisons between Dalen Terry and a, and a young Chris Middleton. And I'm glad that you made that distinction of a young Chris Middleton because I think often when 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 people make comparisons to current players, people think now at their like optimized version. And but early on, I do see especially the physical comparisons to Chris Middleton. I would say this in what I have personally seen. Again, it's not like I I watch Chris Middleton's career very heavily, um, but in what I have seen from Dalen Terry and Chris Middleton, I do think that. Dalen has more of an edge than Chris Middleton has. But the physicality comparisons, absolutely. The all-around Swiss Army Knife type game, absolutely. I hope that Dalen Terry is more consistent than Chris Middleton because while Chris Middleton's averages look good, sometimes Chris Middleton has some of those games where he just kind of disappears in. But Chris Middleton, I'm sorry, Dalen Terry's aggressiveness, his, his, his confidence, his things like that, I think add a little bit to him than a young Chris Middleton. I don't think Chris Middleton had that coming in the league. But again, you can come in the league with false confidence as well. But I do think that I I, I honestly kind of like that comparison. I've it's it's a lot of young long players that you can you can compare Dalen Terry to honestly. Um, but you know we, we'll see what he develops into for him. I don't need him to be the next Chris Middleton. I don't need him to be the next Paul George. I need him to be the first Dalen Terry, and that's what I'm excited to see develop on this team. But that is it for the voicemails for today. We didn't get any texts or emails today. Now before we go, like I like to do. On our Saturday's episodes, I like to go over the polls that we had for the week. So I, I try to do a poll on almost every video. It doesn't always work out that way, but I try to get up a few polls on the community tab on YouTube a week. Um, so this first one that we had, this one was from yesterday. It says, how has the Summer League changed your perception of the Chicago Bulls selecting Dalen Terry 18th overall? And out of the 1,000 votes that we got on that, 61% named it. I like the pick, and I, I like the pick when it was made, and I still like it now. 
Now, the next one up was 23%. It says, I didn't like the pit, but I like it more now, meaning that over Summer League, there it has increased. 5% was, I didn't like the pick, and I still don't like the pick. 2% was, I like the pick, but I like it less now. So only 2% of people dropped down on that. And 9% of the vote was, I wish they would have drafted someone else. And I asked them to leave comments on who they would have liked the Bulls to see. Nikola Jovich was mentioned a lot in that. But as it seems with a lot of people, when you, when you add them, when you ask people to say, because it's easy to say you don't like something, but when you ask people to say, hey, okay, but what else should they have done? A lot of times you don't get answers on that. Oh, uh, So we did get Nikola Jovich. We got some Atari Easons that they wish the Bulls could have moved up for Atari Easton. Now, I said with that before, you don't know, you have to have a partner to move up. You don't know. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, and but a lot of a lot of it was Nikola Jovic's. A lot of people wish the Bulls would have drafted Nikola Jovic. All right, next poll that we had up this week was: Will the Phoenix Suns match DeAndre Ayton's offer sheet? Fifty-four percent say yes. I wonder how much of that came after it was officially matched. But as we know, that poll that um deal was eventually matched. Now this next one: What grade do you give Acme for how they handled the offseason so far? We had uh, uh one thousand five hundred votes or so fifteen hundred votes on this one. 47% gave it a B and 40% gave it a C. So that's 87% of the vote there. 7% gave it an A, 4% gave it a D, 2% gave it an F. And then next one is, uh, this one was based off some of the comments from Adam Silver is, what grade do you give Adam Silver in his time as commissioner of the NBA? 30% A, 40% B, 18% C, 4% D, 6% F on that one. And then the last one for today, last poll that we had this week, how many minutes will Dalen Terry average in his rookie season for the Chicago Bulls? 38% of the vote out of 1,600 votes, 38% was 0 to 8 minutes. 54% were 9 to 15 minutes, and 8% were 15-plus minutes in Dalen Terry's rookie season um, in the NBA. So that were the polls for the weeks. Thank you for interacting with those polls and being a member of this wonderful community that we're continuing to build here with Chicago Bulls Central. But that is it. This is one of the longest mailbag episodes yet. If you guys have stuck around this long, thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave us a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. Like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace. And can we get a summer league victory to end the season? See red people. <laughs> this has been a presentation of the Break, Break Media. Media.